What's going on, y'all? It's your boy, Cool Colas here, and you are now tuning into a new episode of the Pro Black Blurred Kingdom Podcast. On today's episode, I'm going to be going a little bit off the cuff again and just kind of free speaking here, but I want to talk about something that I started talking about when I first created this podcast, which was off-cold things that black people need to stop doing. This is going to be part two, but in this piece, what I want to talk about are terms that black folks should eliminate from their vocabulary that are typically used. A lot of you all know by now that there are certain words and phrases when we're talking about pro-blackness, when we're talking about black culture, when we're talking about ourselves that are buzzy. So in other words, these are terms that you hear quite often from different people that you just speak to. You can hear from people who are black or non-black. It's it's kind of something that people just universally use today. And a lot of these terms are either used improperly or people use it as if it's something that's very powerful, but it's really something that, in my opinion, diminishes and disrespects the black community, but I think is either not realized or is just done with a, a different motive. So I want to get into what some of these terms are that I said are buzzy, that if you hear them, you are like, yeah, I've heard this millions of times from just different people. So the first term that I want to talk to you all about today is people of color. Now, anybody who knows me by now who has been listening to anything that I've been seeing on other podcasts or has been watching some of the, the different posts that I've been having on Instagram and just kind of seeing some of the stuff that I talk about, especially if you look at my stories, you'll know that by now I cannot stand, like really, really cannot fucking stand the term people of fucking color. And let me tell you why I can't stand that term. A couple podcasts ago, I talked about podcast episodes, I said. I meant to say. A couple podcast episodes ago, I talked about benign neglect, right? Benign neglect is this idea of I know that I owe you something, but I'm going to act like I don't, so therefore I don't. That That's the simple premise of it. And there are different things that are done in order to adhere to benign neglect and to keep it going. And that's a way for white supremacists to not acknowledge what they owe black folks. And so they do these little tricks and methods and different things that adheres to benign neglect. So in other words, alleviates them from the responsibility of what they owe black people. People of color, and using that terminology, and then the idea of how they implemented people of color, quote-unquote, is one of these ways. Okay? So a lot of times when people talk about people of color, in my opinion, what I think most people are trying to say is black. Most of the time. Now, some people may get defensive if you call them out on them. They may say, well, I mean, all people who have been, quote unquote, marginalized. But I, I'm going to be totally honest with you. I can't really think of an appropriate time to use the term people of color.
color. I can't think of one appropriate time. Because I think some people I've even heard say, oh, well, I use it to talk about all people. But my thing is, like, what context can you talk about all these different groups as if they have an equated issue? So, in other words, in what instance could you ever talk about black people, Hispanics? These are all people who people typically consider people of color or whatever, Asians and all these other stuff. Where, where is where is there a correct context where you can actually talk about them in the same framework? And some people may hear me and they may say, well, disenfranchisement. And I would say, well, what does that mean? Because that's different depending on what group you're talking about. Because we're talking about blacks, anti-black, racism, slavery, etc. has been going on for 400 plus years. And we're thinking about like the idea of all these immigrant groups that come into America, then what they've gone through in America doesn't even hold even a little bit of a candle to the things that blacks have suffered from. So I can't really even think of a context where people of color can actually even be used in a proper context. So me personally, I don't like the term people of color because I think what people do is they say they mean black when they say people of people of color, but one or two things are going on either one, they they just don't know any better. I don't know at this point how, but they may not know any better. Or two, if they do know any better, it's typically, I think this is the main reason here. So listen very carefully. The main reason why I think people say people of color is because they are fearful. If you are listening to this podcast and you use the term people of color, understand that either, that you've been enlightened now, so you can't use the excuse that you don't know. If you're using it and you're going to use it at this podcast, you are fearful. And I'm going to be totally honest with you, and you're not going to like this, but you're a coward. You're a damn coward. And I'm going to tell you why you're a coward, especially if you're black, especially if you're black. The reason why you're a coward, especially if you're black, is because you have a fear of using the term black when talking about the things that black people need, the things that have happened to black people. And talking against white supremacists who want to ignore the specific issues that have gone on with black people. Think about it. Using the term black is one of the only times where people try to mitigate how big the issue is. Mind you, think about all the... I'm just going to give you an example real quick. Think about all the times where a woman is... uh, Let's give you an example. A woman is is birthing a child. What if I equated a woman birthing a child and then the man worrying about the child as if those issues had the same amount of weight? Most people look at me and say, well, it's obviously worse for the woman because she's been carrying the child. She's pregnant with the child and she's about to bear the child. But men, they're not going to actually like give birth to the child. So most people would probably say what? Um, it doesn't hold the same weight to think about like all of the pain and the stress that a woman goes through during childbirth and what a man goes through through childbirth, regardless of the fact that both of them go through some form of, of stress to a certain extent, especially if they're two people who are about to be parents that actually care. So you could actually make that argument. Now, to me, the argument of what has happened to blacks and then what has gone on with immigrants is really about in the same ballpark. The only difference is is that we're a lot more honest about how we feel about the woman thing. That the that a woman's stress that she goes through when she's pregnant and giving birth is not the same thing as a man's who is not obviously not carrying the child, obviously not giving birth, and all this other stuff. Despite the fact that his his feelings are valid, we don't sit there and and, 
and treat blackness that same way. We don't say, hey, all these things happen to black and look, black people, and look, y'all haven't done nothing for us. Y'all haven't rectified any of the issues or any of the things that we've gone through or tried to make reparation or give resources or laws passed for black people. Nobody is going around saying that regularly. No one is doing that. Now, some people, they, they may they may say some, a little something, something here or there if a black person gets killed. But even that is just not to the level of some of the other issues that have gone on, I think, especially this year, that I've seen people talk about, not even on the same level. Like, I barely heard people talk about what happened with Jalen Walker when he just got graded like cheese. Is anybody going to talk about how they graded that brother like cheese? I mean, really, was it necessary? Was it necessary for them to shoot him, like literally shoot at him 90 times and land 60. That is absurd. And you barely hear anybody really talking about that. Like that, that's absurd. That's really absurd. Anyway, that's kind of a tangent. The point I'm trying to make though is that you all who say people of color, all you black folks who say people of color are some damn cowards and y'all need to grow a pair. Every last one of y'all who says people of color grow a pair. But we're gonna we're gonna call we're we're gonna the, our new phrase is gonna be the gap, grow a pair, okay? Gap, grow a pair, because I don't know why the fuck you all can't just say black, because the the, the problem I I think what I think uh you know I, I think a lot of people the reason why they don't say people of color on top of being fearful is they don't realize. That there's no difference between them speaking up and not speaking up. So in other words, I think fear, any type of fear that you have is based off of you being afraid that something bad is going to happen or something is not going to work out, which again is something bad, right? So uh, in, in terms of black folks saying people of color and not wanting to just speak for black people, what that does is it... It makes it so that I think it had, like a lot of black people have this mindset where they don't say it because they think that white people are going to say something about them or say you're going to make you're making it a race thing or they're going to receive some type of ill treatment or something else that, you know, they obviously probably in their minds wouldn't receive if they just said people of color instead of black. So I think that's why a lot of black people say people of color. They're afraid of the backlash that they would get from saying it. And my feeling is this. Look, they knocking y'all's asses off any damn way. So why in the hell are you afraid to say people of color? You're already getting killed. You're already getting mistreated. You're already getting used and abused. You already are having all these bad things happen to you by the white dominated society. And you seem to think that something worse than what is already happening is going to happen if you say Y'all need to do better for black people. That's fucking absurd, y'all. That is stupid. I hope y'all realize how damn stupid that shit is. Like, that's really stupid. That is really, really, really stupid. Now, here's the thing. When we think about people of color, and we say people of color, what we're really doing is... We're including other groups of people because there's this fear also that if we don't include other people, we're being insensitive to the struggles of others, right? 
I think that's the other fear there. We're being insensitive by not including the struggle of others that others have gone through and the way they have been marginalized by white supremacy. And don't get me wrong, white supremacy can really affect anybody, even white people. So I'm not making that claim that it only affects black folks. What I'm saying is, is that by including other groups, you're making the insinuation that if I scratch your back, you'll scratch mine to a certain extent. But what happens is your back is not really getting scratched as a black person. So these immigrant groups are not having your back. They're not having your best interest at heart. I mean, all the other in immigrant groups as a group, they treat you like shit. And most of the time, a lot of them, even on the census, they identify themselves as white any damn way. And then what the white dominated society does is they use these groups against you and they use and abuse you by taking the people who you wanted to bring over here from other countries and from other continents and etc. You you know, you bring them over here and they treat you like trash once you get once you get once they get here, and that's that's just absurd. That's really absurd. So, the summary here with that is: stop using the term "people of color." All it does is adhere to benign neglect. Now, when we think about justice, it can't be a talk about what white people need to do for black people. Now we've included all these other groups into the mix. So. Once again, the struggle of black folks just get pushed to the end of the line. And that is what has been happening. That's why we don't have reparations. That's why we don't have appropriate laws for our people to be protected. That's why we don't have resources to help us. That's why we're at this point a permanent underclass as far as economics go. So, again... People of color, eliminate the term. If you're listening to this, you have now officially been educated at this point after you are done listening to me ramble about like how frustrating some of these terms make me and you're using that term people of color, you're a damn coward and I don't have no respect for you. I'm just going to be totally honest with you. Term number two, black and brown. This one is a lot like people of color. It's, it's very, very, very similar to people of color as a matter of fact. If anything, it's kind of it's kind of like a synonym. Like, you know, it's it's like saying rude and obnoxious. They're kind of similar, right? Uh, rude and obnoxious are kind of similar. It it it's like that. So, black and brown is one of those terms that people typically use when describing black people and including other non-whites and non-blacks obviously in whatever discussion that that they're having including them in that so my question is who is this brown who is this ambiguous brown that y'all keep talking about because it's like you're switching up the, the goalpost of who Brown is. Sometimes it's Hispanics. Then sometimes it's Arabic people. Sometimes it's Asians. Sometimes it's Indians. Like, it's just that the, the, the definition of what Brown means just changes. It's not really definitive. Which tells me that if black is a very definitive thing and Brown isn't, Why are we using it if we don't have a specific group that we're discussing? Well, I'll tell you why. We're using it because we're trying to group somebody else in with our plight in order to 
mitigate speaking up for ourselves. So the idea there is not to focus on a specific group itself. It's to focus on the idea that maybe it will be heard a little bit better even by other people if we just say brown because they may think, oh yeah, we're they're talking about us as well too. So now Asians, now Hispanics, now Indians, now all these other people can hear this and they're like, okay, well they're talking about me. So now I can get down with that. But what what's funny about that is they still not getting down with your ass. <laughs> That's the funny thing about it. They still not getting down with your ass. So at the end of the day, at the end of the day, black and brown is really not that much different from people of color. But it's a term that we need to stop using. What we really need to do, y'all, is we need to start speaking truth to power. Family, we need to speak truth to power. If we have an issue with our community, we need to say what is going on with our community, what we need, and make those demands. What we need to stop doing is including other people who don't have our back, don't have our best interests at heart in it. Because they are not doing that for us. So in turn, we have no, and I mean absolutely no obligation to do that for them. That's why I said black and brown is very synonymous with people of color. The only difference is one is basically acknowledging that black is a thing, but I'm including these other people so people actually hear, so people outside of being black hear me. The other one is I'm just going to be totally ambiguous about it and just say people of color to just group anybody who could be potentially marginalized without context of how they've been marginalized or how much they've been marginalized, which is absurd. The next term that I want to talk about is minority. Now, here's why minority is a little different than the other two. Minority is different simply because minority, to a certain extent, goes outside of this idea of race or culture. It goes outside of that box and it now talks about different groups that don't even deal in this idea of of, of racism alone or, or or uh, in, in my opinion, pre- uh, like it only deals in groups that that. Or, I'm sorry. Let me let me re-say that. It deals with groups based on how one could be prejudiced. It doesn't deal with races and culture solely. Now, let me explain what I mean by this. Minority doesn't just include black people and Hispanics and Asians and Indians. Now we done thrown women into that. Now we've done thrown LGBT into that. The reason why that's a problem is because now what it does is it makes it so that these groups that essentially have nothing to do with race or even culture are now treated as if they're their own ethnic groups. And I'm not saying that they are their own ethnic groups. I'm saying they're treated in that way. So now we can go around and say woman-owned business. Now we can go around and we can say LGBT. Now we can go around and say all this other stuff that's outside of race and, we, we, and outside of culture. So it's almost as if one can identify with that alone as if it's its own like new idea of, of, of culture. And that's disheartening because what that does is it now makes it so that even some white folks now 
can include themselves as minority. Whereas if they said people of color or were the brown person in black and brown, it would not apply. So think about it like this. Somebody who is from Italy who comes over here, they may be seen as somewhat of a minority to a certain extent because there was a time once where Italians weren't even considered white for real in our country, right? So an Italian, if you look at them, they're obviously not brown, obviously not brown. But now if they could be considered a minority because of their status as an Italian. Now, what's weird about that is if we were saying people of color, it wouldn't make sense. If we said brown, it wouldn't make sense. But if we say minority, then it looks like it's people who are were in a, a small amount in the country. So it's not really denoted to the look of one's color. Now, another example is kind of going back to what I just said, LGBT. Now it, it allows people who are white LGBT to be considered a minority because they have a specific thing or classification to them that it was not there with uh, being a, a straight white or a woman. You know, woman. you hear woman on business quite a bit. You hear that terminology quite a bit. Now you could be a white woman and you could be seen as a minority to a certain extent. And some people may be like, well, that's not true. And I would say, well, that, that's a screwy thought process because actually white women are the main people who are uh, who benefit from affirmative action. So I would disagree that they're not really considered a minority to a certain extent at this point. So when you say women, now that allows some people in white dominated society to act like they're a part of that, that this, uh, this disenfranchisement or this disenfranchised group that's being spoken about. And I can't rock with that either. I, I really just can't rock with that. The fourth term I want to talk to y'all about is, and this is something that a lot of people are probably going to be frustrated with me about, but I really don't give a shit because I'm, I'm keeping it a buck with y'all, is critical race theory. Okay. I don't like the term critical race theory for many reasons, but I'm going to tell you the, the main thing that irritates me about this. Critical race theory is a lot like people of color, like saying it, and it's a lot like black and brown and minority. It has a lot of similarities to the other three. But the difference is you are doing with critical race theory what you did with the three I just discussed when talking about systems versus talking about people. So let me explain what I mean by that. In all four instances, you are fearfully using an alternative term to describe what you really want to say. So you're sugarcoating because of the fear that you may experience backlash, except instead of it being based off of speaking up for a certain group of people, now it's for speaking against a certain system. So everybody, in my opinion, has defined critical 
race theory pretty differently. A lot of the people I've talked to, almost to the point where people can't even define it, it's so different. Now, the general definition from what I've seen before is that it examines the intersection of race, society, and law in the United States. That's like the general definition of whatever that I've seen. So when I hear that, I'm thinking to myself, critical race theory, that sounds like a synonym for white supremacy and tackling white supremacy and anti-black racism specifically. And let me tell you why it sounds like that. Because when you say critical race theory, it's already disrespectful and it's already a term that you don't want to use and you don't want it's not something that you want that, that you should be speaking about because the idea of white supremacy is not a theory, it's an intangible reality. And I've said this time and time again to people. The idea of what has happened with race, what has happened with our society, and the way it has impacted the laws, practices, and other structures in our society is not a theory. It is an intangible reality, family. Critical race theory is used in place of simply saying that we need to dismantle white supremacy. It's really as simple as that. And because people are so fearful to the point where they have to make a new term, what I am even more fearful of is when people get into these schools, get into these positions, or get into these speech, like these little um, speech hubs where they're giving speeches to people, I, I fear who is giving the speech. I fear who is teaching it. And I fear the way that they are defining this idea of critical race theory. Again, this is not a theory. This is a reality. A theory suggests that this is something that someone speculates could be a thing with specific scientific evidence to at least back up the claim of why, it, why it's something to speculate. What I'm saying is that this is not something that's speculative. This is something that was created. And this was created by white-dominated society. So when we say critical race theory... There's no reason to use a, um, a, a term that's synonymous of what really needs to be said when what needs to be said is the true issue. So in other words, I think people are not really saying white supremacy or tackling white supremacy and, and examining how to dismantle white supremacy is because they're afraid of just saying white supremacy because... Uh, there you go again trying to challenge white folks and that's kind of scary and that's why I said like that's the same issue as when you're talking about people of color you're afraid to just say black because you're afraid of the backlash that you're going to get from white people by saying black people have been mistreated yada 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 once again by saying critical race theory you're afraid of the backlash that you're going to get that's that's BS that's BS it's just total BS so I have a lot of issues with the term but those are the main ones just say white supremacy. Just say, I want to dismantle the system of white supremacy and replace it with a system of justice and keep it moving. And please just stop saying critical race theory because it's not a theory. The last thing I want to talk to you all about is seat at the table and black representation. Now, I'm going to cut the term black representation a little bit of slack, but I think that we need to dig and dive a little bit deeper into these things and why we should just think about 
why it shouldn't have the emphasis and importance that it does. Seat at the table, I'm, I'm gonna ham. But black representation, I'm I, I'm I'm gonna kind of go like half. I'm gonna go halfway in. I'm gonna say halfway in. So seat at the table is something that I think that. In my, from my perspective, I think that's something that older black folks value. They value the idea of white recognition. They value the idea of how they can be recognized by having achieved something that a white person had or being alongside of them. That was important to them. So they therefore instilled those values into their children. Their children at this point being us and maybe some people who are uh, you know a little older a little little younger so i'm 31 years old so just that kind of gives you an idea of what i mean by a little older a little younger but anyway i think that was the value of older black folks and they're trying to pass it down to younger black folks so now a lot of us are trying to a lot of us being like not me part of that us but i'm speaking hypothetically here a lot of us are now Valuing this idea of seat at the ta- of having a seat at the table because we're thinking that there's some progress that has been made because of the fact that we're now sitting alongside white folks when that is definitely not the issue because if a system of white supremacy is still intact it doesn't matter where you stand within that system if it's still there because you're still going to be impacted by it as a black person so seat at the table is not important what really needs to have an emphasis and what really needs to be talked about and focused on is black ownership that's what people do not realize and this is one of the reasons why i'm big on media this is one of the reasons why i'm big on changing comic media for black folks because i'm I'm a one i'm a blurred and two i see that as a way for me to be able to put out these narratives that i think would be very helpful conducive and healthy for our people because what happens a lot of times is we want to get into these white spaces and be able to try to tell our stories and they be trying to tell us the way that we should or should not tell our, our stories and then that's how we get into tropes and all this other bs so seat at the table is something that i think a lot of people place value in because they think that that's somewhat of a flex in us uh, what's the word I'm looking for in us having progress in this nation when that's not progress in this nation what's progress in this nation is economics having more of it and having ownership and as a black person it's very important for us to have ownership at this point and you know black representation kind of goes into this because it's the idea of seeing somebody black somewhere. So I'm going to kind of halfway go in when I talk about this one because I think that representation can be seen from a lot of different standpoints. It can be seen from looking at black people being in a white space or it could be looked at black people having this product or being in this, in this, uh, in this field or genre or whatever that typically you don't see black people in. So I think representation can kind of take those types of forms and people can kind of see it that way. They can recognize black folks from those different sides. But my issue is that when you focus on representation, you're missing the idea of why ownership is the most important thing to focus on and why it should be the only thing that we are focused on. And the reason why I say that is because if you go into their backyard, if you go into white folks backyard you can pretty much expect that just about anything is going to happen and i think what a lot of people do is 
who are black, they get into these white spaces and they get upset when these bad things happen or they're mistreated or treated poorly or whatever. And they're saying, you know, they, they, they either do one or two things. They either say that this wasn't fair and they say it probably like anywhere between six to 13 years later after like the shit done hit the fan. Or what they do is they try to get all apologetic for the anti-black uh, racist shit that that person did while they were in, while they were working with them on this white set. And I hear a lot of different stories about that. Tons and tons of stories. And if y'all want to know some of those stories, y'all can look at the hell up because it's, it's out there. And if you haven't seen it by now, you're probably not trying to. I'm just going to be honest with you. But from my perspective, seat at the table and black representation is, it's, it's good to see black faces. So I'm not, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, is that we need to be careful about the narratives that are put out there. And I think the only way we can be careful of it, regulate it, etc. is, and there's a temporary thing that we can do and there's a permanent thing that we can do. The temporary thing that we can do is call out the bullshit when it happens. Call out when you see tropes. Call out when you see our people being disrespected on TV. Call it out and say that this is happening and this is the reason why we need ownership. And the permanent thing we can do is get ownership. Like I said, put your money up. Put it, like, invest it in the right way. Put it so that you can get production studios. Like, create, create your own products and don't pitch them to white folks and these big media companies just because they're a big name and people recognize them. Build your stuff up from the ground up. That Those are the type of things that you need to be focusing on, the things that you need to be doing. Because that's, if we as black people want to be able to change the scope of the narratives that are told, this is the way that we would do it, is to be able to create and build our own things so that we have the ability to do that. And us talking about seats at the table and damn representation are just not way effective ways where we can actually see that progress. Real progress is in economics because when you think about white supremacy and racism, that's economics. That is totally an economic thing. That's a way of using economics to disenfranchise one group over another. So that's why I said economics is important here. As you as you have production studios and all this other stuff and different things that you're that you own as a black person, then what you're doing is you're building up you know, economics because your empire is, is gaining revenue and people hear about it and they know about what you're doing and all this other stuff. So yeah, that's, that's, that's that. But anyway, y'all, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. That's pretty much all I got. I wanted to just discuss those things with you, those things that we need to really sit down and talk about, those terms that a lot of y'all are using and y'all need to get it smacked out your damn mouths because you, you should really shouldn't be saying it. So um, I just wanted to just, just tap in with y'all and talk about that. Anyway, I have a bunch of episodes coming up, so I want you all to stay tuned because they're going to be great. They're going to be interesting. They're definitely going to be informative like every episode. Anyway, I will be talking to y'all soon, and I hope y'all have a great rest of y'all's day. Peace.